Now back to 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to 95.7 The Game, the home of the champs. That being the Golden State Warriors. Alan Styles and Dan Devone. Hey, I'm just going to say this on the air. Brian, when you get an opportunity, I lost the message line. My producer, Brian, conversation we probably should have had at the break, but if you get an opportunity to uh, – I'm not yeah. – I'm somewhat no, no, technically you're, you're, challenged. No, you're too busy. Okay, there's a little basketball hoop in here. And instead of, you know, Dan Dude, the, uh, I've got doing the things like that, he's, he's playing basketball. He's just mad that I beat him in pig about a week ago, and he's trying to get his skills right, which – he, uh, he hasn't done that yet. Dude, I'm going to take that left-handed snot that you throw out <laughs> and just remove that. What do you got yet? Something you wanted to get to? Yeah, I, I did want to ask when you're looking at everything that we've seen, right, from these teams, specifically this one, and specifically this ring, who is everybody the most happy for, right? Who is everybody the most happy for? Is it Steve Kerr getting a ring where – this had probably been his most impressive coaching performance so far. You know, um, having Kevin Durant, we had the couch coaches. Everybody's uncle thinks that they could have won a championship if they had that roster as well. Steve Kerr showing and proving once again that he is an elite coach. Is it Steph getting his fourth ring? Is it GP2 bouncing around the G League and now he has his first? Is it JTA, Oakland's finest, getting his first ring? Is it Clay Thompson coming back from those injuries and now being back at the top of the mountain? Is it your boy Draymond who took a lot of criticism? Who are you most happy for for this specific ring? Well, I think the obvious is Steph. But when you say the most happiest, is that's hmm. – I'm glad that he finally got the NBA Finals. But that's more along the lines to shut everybody the hell up. Mm-hmm. In terms of – I would – oh, boy, that's, that's tough – I think Clay, I think Clay just, you know, that's a 30 for 30. That, that, that writes itself, man. You don't need to, to send that to Hollywood. Anybody could write that script. That's pretty incredible what he did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many times did he not only think, <laughs> I mean, the first year he comes back, they go back to the playoffs and win an NBA championship. That's incredible. But he had to. I mean, there had to be thoughts of that he's never going to play basketball again. Yeah, I mean, he he talked about it, and there's all the all the different you know interviews and 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 media availability that they've had since they won the championship. But he he spoke about not being able to walk, not being able to drive, right, and being really down. And there is a clip with Steph going up to Clay when Clay's in the background, and I believe this was you know during the the time when they weren't fans back in the in the stadiums yet or in the arenas yet, and you see Steph walk over to Clay, and obviously we don't know what was said, but you could just tell that Steph hurt for him. And to see it all come back full circle, to see Draymond talk about them sitting in the same spots on the plane and things like that, it, it, it really does feel like not, not the end of something, but just the beginning of this second iteration of, and I don't care what Bill Simmons says, the dynasty. You know, and the league should be very, very scared. And of course, now Bleacher Report just tweeted not too long ago who they have to take over the 2022-2023 season. And yeah, the Warriors are at the top. And if and and going into the season, they were not they were nowhere near the bottom. But I don't think anybody saw the Warriors putting their stamp on it like this. You know, what we haven't even gotten into Dan, and we do want to know eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We do want to know who you're happiest for. I see the five one zero chiming in saying they're happiest for one Curry, two Clay, and three Wiggins. I think that's solid. Dan, we haven't talked about the BPI. 
ESPN's BPI and how if they don't throw that metric away, I don't know what they're doing. What is it? I don't even know what it is. Just to remind everyone, it's some type of metric that they have to show who they think or to predict who was going to win. So going into the series, the Celtics had an 86% chance to win the finals. The Warriors had a 14% according to ESPN's BPI. All right. Then after the Warriors tied it up, so heading into game five, which was where? At Chase Center. The Celtics were still at 71%, and the Warriors were at a measly 29%. They never had a higher percentage until they won game five, and they were up 3-2. So shout-out ESPN, and shout-out everybody now who wants to sit there and say, come on, man, the Warriors were never underdogs. Well, according to ESPN BPI, they were. I'm about to say one of the cheesiest things I have ever uttered here at 95-7 the game. You ready for this? I'm ready. This is bad. This is like Velveeta cheese. The one thing that BPI and any other metric when it comes to the Golden State Warriors winning a title or trying to handicap and putting them as a serious underdog, one thing that the BPI and any other sabermetric cannot measure is the heart of a champion. Mm. Can't measure that. Yeah. There is no tool to measure what's inside of a team and or a player. That was some craft macaroni and cheese right there. <laughs> what about Bob Myers? The text line just mentioned text his name. Text line's happy for Bob Myers. But, you know, Bob Myers, for some reason, he just looks as though he's sort of the whipping boy. I see the relationship with him and Dre, and he went up for an awkward hug with Draymond. Mm. I'm a dude watching this thing from the comforts of my own home or at the time a hotel room. But, you know, it just seems like while Dre will give a sincere hug to someone, you can see that he's, like, dapping dudes up and he's into him when he has a relationship. You, you, you're saying that. You don't think Bob Myers and Dre are besties? I just think that Bob is maybe he's he's just sort of on the outside looking in sometimes. Maybe that's just maybe that's not his accurate personality. I don't know. Yeah. I know my buddies have seen him uh, around the city, you know, at coffee shops and stuff. Seems like seems like a, oh no, a chill yeah, dude. I work out. We run the same steps, the Lion oh, Street whoa, steps. Humble yeah. brag there, humble yeah, brag. Yeah, no, there's nothing humble about it, man. I hang <laughs> out with Bob Myers. That's not true, but and yeah, it's funny. So this is. We used to run the steps at about the same time, and this is the draft two years ago. So this is when LaMelo Ball was coming out. Was it going to be LaMelo Ball? Was it going to be James Weissman? I'd see him every day, and I'm like, don't. Do not draft LaMelo Ball. Don't Mm. do it. Don't do it. Do not do it. I didn't necessarily mention James Weissman. And then he saw me, and he's like, I got it. I got it. I I mean, he actually was getting a little terse, like enough, enough, because I certainly probably wasn't the only guy that was saying don't do LaMelo Ball. If you could redraft that, this isn't fair. But we got, you know. We're running out here on the show here. We've got about uh, 45 minutes left. But if you can redraft two years ago, come clean here. We already heard your hate on James Weissman that he shouldn't that, that, celebrate. No, no, Cam, no, that was no. Your, that was your cue, Cam. James Weissman, apparently, according to Allen, not celebrate because the guy did not touch the hardwood. And, and you shirt. know what? There were more texts that did say he should be in the gym. But I, but I, I will, I will, I will be that guy, even though I just asked the question. Just know that they're out there. I'm not making this stuff up. All right. Thanks, so, Cam. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. All right, mm-hmm. kill it for a second, Cam. So, if we could do it two years ago, I'm think looking about now. Would well, you go Lamelo Ball? I mean, I mean, what about? Tyrese Halliburton, he went 12. Well, I'm asking if you were to redraft, knowing what you know now, what would you do? I'd probably. I, Come on. Come on. I'm going to go Halliburton. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. 
Wow. Wait, wait, are you saying that I can draft James Wiseman again? No, it's too late. No, you no, know no. I'm asking. Are you kidding no, me? Of are course. You saying, are you saying a redraft draft? is a redraft? Yeah, you can pick whoever. And you win Halliburton. No, it's done. You win Halliburton. That's a good. That's I appreciate it. What about Obi Top? I'm looking at Obi Toppin. They, he, Obi, so you're digging a deep roll. This no, is beautiful. No, no I'm just. I'm, I have officially been alleviated. No, this, no I'm just. I, first of all, why I've are you been, even asking me this question? Because can I answer it? I'm not. In, I'm not. What do you? What? Who, ask Dan? me. Ask me to redraft, redraft two years ago. Dan, who are you going to draft? James Weissman. <laughs> I'm going James Weissman. James Weissman is the seven footer they've never had. He is still. I still think going to be they. You know, he's he's going to be that potentially that guy, that missing piece. As much as we talked about who's going to counter Robert Williams, what happens when you got the big Kiwi from Memphis and all those big front liners? Well, if you got that dude and you work on him, you can answer. That's the one thing they didn't. They don't have to go small anymore. You can still have staff and company. The way I was doing this exercise, I was not going to pick James Wiseman again because that's no fun. That's no fun. I know. That's why I'm giving you props. I want the safe route. You went Tyrese Halliburton. Dan, I, I I don't know. I, I I don't even know. If, I don't know if you believe. You that think you'd I? Take I, you, James I feel Weisman like again. I set you up, and I wasn't. I was just curious. I thought for sure you would go James Weissman. Mm. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Well, James Weissman, you know, we need to see him. We do need to see him get on the court. But in all, I mean this in all seriousness, he is the one guy. Can you imagine if he becomes right? I mean, then, then what? You got no holes. No. If suddenly you got a rim protector who can run the full 94 feet and finish and ISO and shoot a feathery jump shot, even give you the three, like, uh, I don't know what you do opposing teams. Right. And and he's going to get out there, and I think he is going to be pretty darn good because when you talk about the big man is, is, is dead this, the big man is dead that, and now you have, well, the three MVP candidates this year were all big men. But those were... Those were different big men, right? Those were very unique big men. I would say the most normal one would be Joel Embiid. And guess what? He had injury problems too going into the league. So all is not lost. I just wasn't going to fall into your trick and pick James Wiseman. I, I, no, I'm a, a trick. no it, it was a trick. It was a real you know what? I don't really appreciate it. I don't, I don't really <laughs> I appreciate just it asking anyway. the real. I thought for sure you go, yeah, hell yeah. You go, James. I Suddenly, suddenly you got Obi Toppin. <laughs> No, I'm just I was I was reading names, but Tyrese Halliburton, I mean, he's a good player. 510 is chiming in. Knowing what you know now, you don't do anything different. They won the championship. You don't throw away the ring. A different draft draft pick could affect that. That's a great point. That's a great point. What do you what's that? Say it again. So basically, and this is again what what whenever you want to do this revisionist history, the trickle the 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 effects just like Dr. Strange. So basically 510 is saying if you draft somebody different, that could affect the Warriors getting a ring this year. Because mm, right? the team might Because you needed be Jonathan Kaminga to be heard? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think it would enhance your opportunities, but I, I get it. I get it. I just think that, you know, addressing that front line and getting that big, which he may not turn out to be that guy, but you had to roll the dice and mm-hmm. still not knowing whether it is he is the guy or not. He's Again, 21, man. Exactly. He's 21. And when you're seven feet tall or seven feet one, you give dudes like that the benefit of the doubt. And, and let's not pretend like we didn't see flashes with him and Steph when he was on the court, yeah. right? I mean, you definitely saw flashes. So, his rookie year, look yeah. at his numbers. He was double digits, man. He was he was like 14 points a game. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, according to many, a disappointing 
first year debut by the kid. So, I mean, he shows that he can fill it up. It's just a matter of reps, man. It's it's sort of like getting back to another guy I know you love, and that's Trey Lance. You need reps. You need to, you need to play this game in order for you to understand what the hell is going on here. Yeah. No. No, I, I agree. 916 is chiming in. Junior from SAC. What's up, fellas? Great convo. What were the odds at the beginning of the season? Did any local fans bet on the Warriors? Well, we do know that our one, our one Charlie Walter in November. Oh, did he cash that? The plus 700. He did. So he did get it. Charlie, if you're listening, give us a call and buy us a drink, man. What did you cash out for? I know that as you know, guys, you know, betters or these degenerates, <laughs> excuse me, that like to do this sort of thing. They don't like, they like to, I'm not revealing my units, my units. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I got a whole company that's predicated on these people. 510 wants to do some future talk. Trade Wiseman and three picks this year for Aiton before he signs a big deal. No, you're not going to do that. First of all, your three picks are, it's not like you're, it's, it's not last year and the year before. You're not picking in the lottery. What's Phoenix going to do with the end of the first round and some second round scrubs? Unless you're talking, and you're not going James Weissman straight up. They're not going to do that. No, they're not going to do that. So you got to come hard. It would have to be somebody's going to be in the mix. Andrew Wiggins would be yeah. packaged with that, and that's and a that's non-starter. A, that's a no-go. Yeah, that's a no-no. But no-no. Yeah, I think you know when you look at the West going forward, I mean, Phoenix is the one team, as opposed to last year. You would say, look out for Phoenix. Look out for Phoenix. Look out for Phoenix this year. They slide considerably down the depth chart. Mm-hmm. I think you go Memphis, even Minnesota's improved. Look out for Dallas. You know, all these teams are getting better. Uh, I'm probably leaving somebody out. The Clippers, as you had talked about. Yeah. I mean, all of these teams are, are improving. Utah is much like that of Phoenix. I think they're headed in the wrong direction. I think Utah could implode. Yeah, I, well, I don't, and I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to be on that team. No, neither do for I. Very much longer. So here we go. And Gobert potentially as well. Gobert, but again, I mean, the Gobert, the Gobert thing is very interesting. I am, I am interested. He's such a hot commodity, yet he he never moves. So, is he a hot commodity? Remember the the Gobert to the Warriors talk. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, it's a dark time. It's a real dark time. Okay, so Bleacher Report ranking the top ten teams to take over the 2022-2023 season. At number ten, you have the 76ers. At number nine, you have the Suns. At number eight. You have the Nets. Wait, say this again, taking over. Do it again. It just bleach your report, ranking the top 10 teams to take over the 2022-2023 season. Whatever, take, okay. whatever okay. takeover means, right? Go deep in the playoffs, I guess, is what you could call it. 10 76ers, 9 Suns, 8 Nets, 7 Mavericks, 6 Clippers, 5 Nuggets, 4 Grizzlies, 3 Celtics, Two Bucks and one Warriors. The Nuggets with Jamal Murray back. Mm. Let's not forget that year after the bubble, before Jamal Murray got hurt against the Warriors, they, it was supposed to be them and the and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals because they had gotten really close in the bubble year. The 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 Nuggets did. You got you got Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Yeah. You got Jamal Murray coming back, and obviously you got Jokic. That's a team. To look out for. I mean, that's all we're saying. That, that's a team that is going to be in the mix for sure. And they're going to be hungry. Because they have their version of the what the Warriors just dealt with. Our, our big our big guys are out. This is uh, Jokic had a heck of a year, of course. 
MVP, but at the same time, all right, we think that we have that championship in us. It's going to be, it's like this every year in the West, but now you have the Grizzlies a year older. The Mavs are already making moves for Christian Wood. Nobody's not pick. We still got the Warriors because the you got to get knocked down. And again, that is another reason I think this championship is so important because the Warriors weren't getting that respect because Kevin Durant left. Now it's, they're at the mountaintop. We literally, I mean, they have not lost a playoff series when Draymond, Clay, and Steph start every game. They're 20-0. So now somebody's actually going to have to beat them. There's no more. We're just going to assume the Warriors are going to lose because KD left. There's no more of that now. So they're going to have to get knocked off, and they're back at the top. Even when they weren't this whole season, it's always the biggest deal when you play the Warriors. I would say even more than the Lakers because the Lakers were sorry this year. So it's going to be it's going to be spicy. You know, getting back to sort of the original what got me in trouble when you put so much weight as I did on the athleticism of that of the Boston Celtics, the youth of that team and the fact that they were just bigger and stronger at just about every position, what I overlooked and I think a lot of people overlook is the way the Warriors play basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's they're not relying on ISO brutal strength and being a better athlete than the guy that's checking you, but it's that ball movement, it's the backdoor cutting, it's that it's it's all that motion and putting so many dudes into action. Like that's what teams can't catch up to. They just don't know how to defend that yet. Yeah. Well, what it is is also it's almost like they have we talk about some teams don't even have an offense, right? Celtics, I don't even know what their offense is. Same with the Brooklyn Nets. The Warriors, you have two basically ways to get at you. We're going to go motion at the beginning of of the season, right? Or, sorry, we're going to go motion at the beginning of the game. Then we're going to go Steph PNR. Or we're going to start with Steph PNR. Or we're going to sprinkle it here. We're going to sprinkle it there. There's so many different looks and so many different variations of the Warriors' offense. And I don't even know who's another team that has that. Everything else is, let's set a screen and get the big man out on the perimeter, which the Warriors do, but they do everything else. But again, it's because they have the personnel to do that. Other teams simply don't. And you can look at the Celtics, and you know it's been a while since we called out Dan, but how athletic they are, and this is where the league is, where the league is headed, and these wings. But you still need them to be able to, you still need that that the head of the snake to give different looks and have those dimensions and dynamics because you can be in a, as athletic as you want. If you don't have the pieces to put it together, it doesn't matter. And some of that does come with the fact that the Warriors, the core, has played together for so long. What about Clay? Is Clay going to be better next year because he's still improving and he's still getting stronger physically? Or is he just simply getting older and the skill set is diminishing? Which one is it to Clay? I think we just won't know until next season. Next season is supposed to be the season, even if you talk to you know doctors, even like Dr. Narav, who comes on 95-7 weekly and things like that, they've all said that this next year is supposed to be the year where you see Clay. If that's true, that's great. We just have to see it. What would you put as a percentage on Clay this season? I've seen a lot of Clay was at about 75. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I put him in that 70 to 75 range. I do think he's going to improve from this year to the next. How could you not? Mm-hmm. Two years out, one in ACL he blows. And then, you know, the Achilles, which that's ruined guys' careers. Rudy Gay was never the same. Kobe Bryant was done after he tore his Achilles. Now, granted, he was a few years older. He was considerably older. But it is it is in a, a difficult road to hoe, man, in terms of coming back from not just one but both of those injuries. So 
it hasn't even been a full season. And so when you think about him coming back at full strength, that again, <laughs> Clay being better, Steph isn't going anywhere, and then you know Draymond's going to give you Draymond, and now it just becomes of, all right, guys, kids, you know, gather around, youngsters. How fast and how much have you learned after just one season in the NBA? Because yeah. I think this really comes down to at what point can we put, and, and I'm not being cute here with Jonathan Kaminga, but when can I give you serious run? Mm-hmm. When can he crack that rotation? You know, closing that gap to me is how you really determine whether this window has been extended as far as them winning another title. Yeah. No, I, I think it's true. And again, seeing these guys are getting older. So maybe Draymond has to be in, in spots per se, right? Things like that. So going back to Jonathan Kaminga, hey, can you spell some of these older guys? Hey, Moody, can you spell Steph, Jordan Poole? Are you going to take that next step? I did want to talk about Clay quickly because we talk about what he looked like this year. We put 75% on it. I'll tell you this much, Dan. This whole idea of Clay's defense not being what it was, there were at the end of the series, I'm not saying you saw vintage Clay. No, he was on. But it. he put some clamps on him. And maybe he wasn't able to sustain that because again, he's coming back from nearly three years of not playing. But if that Clay that shows up at the end of this series defensively shows up next season, again, maybe not every single game for 82 game season. But in the spots where you need him to, now you have him and you got Andrew Wiggins and you got two-way Steph. They're just, they're just, I'm not seeing any, any issues here. I'm not seeing any holes right now. The one guy that, because it's a coach, so it's not that sexy, but I think Steve Kerr is, continues to amaze. And I think when Steve Kerr, and I pointed this out when it happened, when he sat Draymond in the fourth quarter, that what was that, game three, I believe, game now that was well they well when the game when they won it was it. game two. Yeah. And he sits Draymond for an extended period, nearly five minutes of the fourth quarter when the game hanging in the balance and went with Kevon Looney. To me, that was just a clear sign that this is his team and he does it his way. No, that wasn't game two though. It was definitely later. I want to say it was game three. No, they lost game three, right? It was it was it game four. It had to be was game it four, Steph's then. game. Yeah. It was Steph's game because then they came home was game and, Draymond was game did, and Draymond played well. And I think that when you think about Steve Kerr and what it is that he's been able to do as a head coach and his growth and his development, the last two years with this team being as bad as they were, you know what Steve Kerr had to do? He had to sort of dust off the how-to manual. He had to teach kids. You know, at one point he had Kai Bowman running the point, you know? Sky Bowman. And he, he had to teach these kids how to play. He got very hands-on again. And I think that that reimmersement, if you will, I don't know if that's a word, but getting reimmersed in terms of being a coach that's hands-on and teaching guys the fundamentals and how they play basketball at this level, I think sort of it had him turn a page in a certain way that he took control of his basketball team again in a really weird way. And I think you saw that, him much more hands-on and and – and much more, it's clear that this is his team. I used to ask myself, does anybody, are there any checks and balances when it comes to Draymond? I think Draymond just does as he pleases. It wasn't necessarily an indictment on Steve Kerr that that's just who he is. But I think that this Steve Kerr, it's his world. And even Draymond, you will sit in the fourth quarter. Steph, you know what? We're going to play the hot hand, and we're going to continue to start this young kid, Jordan Poole, even though I know you're back from injury and you can go, and this is the postseason. 
And I don't think he's at an age and he's at a point in his life where he doesn't really care about what you and I say or the so-called quote-unquote media and or what Draymond deems the real media, whatever the hell that is. I think he's just at a, such a good space, not only as a, as a person, but also as a head coach. And mm-hmm. his development's been remarkable as well. Oh, we got to get to a break? I wanted to get to Janet in Berkeley. Janet, will you hang out? Janet, while you're hanging out, Cam's got something for you. Come on, Cam. No, Cam, what are you doing to me? <laughs> we'll be back on 95.7 The Game after this. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Dan, what you got? <laughs> Dan's got one ear on his headphones. I don't know what the deal is. My headphones they just exploded. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like I'm landing a plane. I got to hold these things while I'm talking to you guys. I'm holding on to my ears here. All right. I need. To... Hey, I want to reiterate really quick that Kenny Atkins, of course, the assistant for the Golden State Warriors, who apparently had accepted a job to be the next head coach for the Charlotte Hornets. He was offered that job during the NBA Finals. This coming down just before, well, just about the same time simultaneously as we went on the air, that he has decided not to be the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, but rather return to the Golden State Warriors and replace Mike Brown as the top assistant with Golden State. Once again, Kenny Atkins not going to Charlotte, but rather staying in town and will coach the Golden State Warriors as an assistant to that of Steve Kerr. Smart movement, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, winning can can change yeah, right? a lot of minds. A lot of minds. And if you're Charlotte, what do you got to be thinking? Like, we're not good enough for you? What, is right. that? Well, what, what happens now? They just research? Yeah. No. I'm sure there was a number two candidate. I mean, you know, it's just like anything else. They got it down to a final three or four. All right. Janet's hanging out in Berkeley. Let's reset this. Cam, once again, can we give the proper introduction to uh, to Jan- and Janet, while we go to you, I'm going to change headphones. Not that you can see this and or care, but Cam, go give her. Thank you very much, Janet. With that, do not hey. let me down with a celebration. How are you? I'm excited as all get up. My mother, who's 98 years old and was a Warrior fan to the end and knew all the players on every team from ESPN, she would be beside herself if she was still with us. But I just called to say. You know, when I hear everybody talking about Coach Kerr, I think he's absolutely phenomenal. He's in the league with Pat Riley, and he's a great guy. But I think they, the, the, the coaching staff, they know the guys behind the scenes who are working with Clay and who've worked with uh, a Wiggins, they don't get enough credit because when Wiggins came in, he wasn't a superstar like he is now. And I think they worked with him. They saw it in him. And I think Bob Myers as well. He can actually see the talent and whoever his team is. Those are the guys that make the Warriors actually right where they need to be and who they are. I mean, they worked with Draymond to get him back up to speed. They worked with, you know, Steph when he hurt his hand. We don't hear enough about them and what they do. And I think we need to give those guys their kudos as well because other teams, they need to cultivate their their players just the way the Warriors do because our guys are right there. They know what to do and they know how to motivate it and motivate them and bring them full throttle and i think those guys need to get their their praise as well janet before you go awesome call go ahead cam turn it up janet can you still dance can your mother dance as well anyway you can bust a move to cool in the gang i can't see it but please tell me you're moving your feet right now thank you janet should we just listen to that cam for the next 20 minutes (laughs) alan and i'll get out of here 
All right, yeah, there's there's a lot of love going on on the celebration. Once again, we'll continue here on 95.7 The Game. We got you covered. Then on Monday, we got the parade beginning at 11.20. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage with that as well as the Golden State Warriors will address all of you. And officially, the celebration will begin with the Warriors and the parade that will go down Market Street. We've seen the 49ers, the San Francisco Giants, and now, as I believe, the first time ever, in the history, the long-storied history of San Francisco, California, the Golden State Warriors will have a celebration in the city going right down Market Street. The parade will start at 11.20 a.m. at Market and Main Streets in downtown San Francisco. Players and coaches will make their way down Market, ending at 8th Street. The parade route is just over one mile in length, and it will end at approximately 2 p.m. You know, Dan, one thing... That I saw... Cam, you can kill it a little bit, but thank you. One thing I saw on the text line a couple days ago was that the Warriors, this is the first championship, this is the first full-season championship since the pandemic. And the Warriors got it. Is that right? Yeah. What about last year in the NFL? Well, NBA. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant in sports across the board. Okay. That's true. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's That's worth... It's worth noting. Ain't no bubbles here. Ain't no bubbles. Just think about the bubble they weren't even invited to. No. 15 and 50 was the record. (laughs) 15 wins for Steve Kerr. That was the year Draymond just said, I'm good. Yeah, Draymond sort of dropped out. And, of course, the broken wrist to Steph and Clay Mm -hmm. was out. And there was absolute chaos. That was Sky Bowman time. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Eric Paschal was their guy. Yeah. The go-to guy. That jump shot, man. Yeah, there's something wrong with it. <laughs> Omari Spellman. Oh, did the caller say her mother? Oh, my apologies. The, the caller actually did mention that her mother had passed. Yeah, my apologies. Um, Omari, that's right. That's right. That basketball team was, I mean, they were. But, but didn't you have that feeling that there was always that sentiment, once everybody comes back, which one of these guys can be the first guy off the bench? And everybody seemed to be, it was Eric Paschal. You know, everyone's coming back, and now you got Eric Paschal. That was, in retrospect, that was like, you know, some of the best stuff that's happened to the Golden State Warriors, right? Yeah. I mean, because you got into the lottery. I mean, think about it. How unfair was it for the rest of the league? I mean, who really cares? But the Golden State Warriors were still essentially the Golden State Warriors, but everybody was just out because of injury. And so it's not as if they had retired or got traded. They were all coming back. The team was still intact in terms of the core. And now you just, oh, by the way, happened to – now get and or gain the best college basketball had to offer. They basically put the dynasty on pause, right? It was not the pause that you would like, but I have no clue what happens to the Warriors if Clay doesn't go down. Well, number one, you still might win in Toronto, right? It's not necessarily done. Let's assume they still lose to the Raptors. I don't know what happens to that team if Clay doesn't go down, right? And in these last couple years, if Clay's playing, who knows? I mean, the saying goes, everything happens for a reason. I typically say some things happen for a reason. But you know what, Dan? We were talking about we were talking about that team. Just so people can continue. And we've sat here yesterday. We had fans going after each other about Draymond Green, right? And, and I just want to take a second to remember those dark days. When you talk about that roster, the 15-win roster, you had Dragon Bender. <laughs> yeah, I remember him, yeah. The 10-day Bender. <laughs> Kai, you get that 10-day contract. <laughs> Kai Bowman. Sky Bowman. Shout out. Alec Burks. 
Remember this one? Willie Colley Stein. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Marquise Chris, who actually ended up being pretty darn University good. University of Washington. Yeah. yeah, he's still hanging out in the NBA. Mm-hmm. In fact, they saw him. Who was he with? He was with Dallas. He's still with Dallas. Yeah. Steph Curry, Jacob Evans. Yes. We, I also want to know how many of these guys are still in the league. Yeah, I don't know, well. Jacob. I believe Marquise Chris got traded last maybe two days ago. Oh, is that right? For the Christian Wood to Dallas. Oh. He was in that trade with, um, right. with right. Boban. There you go. Draymond Green, Damian Lee, Kevon Looney. Here we go. Michael Mulder. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Michael. He was like the shooter, man. Yeah, he, he was. was like a, he was like the best shooter on that team. He's a Kentucky guy, I believe. Michael Mulder is a Kentucky guy. Zach Norville. I don't know who that is. I don't is. know if you ever actually played. Jeremy Pargo. Yeah. Pargo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Point guard. in 1986. Pargo was a, was a uh, yeah. Huh. Put a little point. Eric Paschal. Paschal was the guy we thought, guy. right? Didn't you think like, oh, this guy. When they come back, Eric Paschal, watch out. Yeah. He's going to work. <laughs> And then he just he continued to eat, man. He's I mean, like, he shot. He's in Utah now, right? Yeah, with his boy uh, Mitchell, who I believe they grew up together, um, Donovan Mitchell. He's a guy who actually he double clutched on every yeah. shot. And his three-pointers, they look like they were just struggling, Dan. <laughs> struggling to get there. All right. Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan Poole pre-haircut. Okay. You had. Remember how bad he was that year? Yeah, he was awful. He was off. Is it Chasson? Chasson Randall? I don't remember. I don't think. Yeah, Glenn Robinson the third. That's right. Well, he he and Robinson along with with Burke would get traded, right? Right. Not, well, they're yeah. Well, I know Burks is on obviously the Knicks now. Yeah, but they both. Yeah, they and Steve Kerr still has a love affair. Loves Robinson. Right. D'Angelo Russell. All yeah. right. You remember the name Jonathan Simmons? He was in the G League. What did he do? So you remember how he was on the Spurs and he helped them go into the playoffs and everybody's like, he's going to be the next yeah. next yeah, yeah. lockdown. He's supposed to be the next Gary Payton the second. He was with the Warriors? I don't even remember he was, that. He, he's he, not on this roster. He had a cup of coffee with the Warriors. He was in the Santa Cruz Warriors G League team. He had a cup of coffee. They were saying, oh, bring him up, bring him up. But he was also one of those guys who were like, eh, maybe like Eric Paschal. Never really panned out. E, are you Brian, are you expecting me to know – the Santa Cruz roster, who had a cup of coffee with Santa Cruz? Because yeah. I can't go that yeah, deep. I call call I Kevin am. Dana. Call Kevin Dana, all right? Shout out Kevin Dana. <laughs> Next, we got everyone's favorite, Alan Smilagic. Smilagic. <laughs> Next, Juan Toscano Anderson. Wow, he has been with the Warriors. Yeah. Through the dog days. And lastly, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, I forgot Omari Spellman, but we already said that. And lastly, Andrew Wiggins. What a team. But yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. I don't remember what it is that I said in terms of the most inebriated and or first guy with his shirt off, or the first guy to sort of like you know should have stopped after three. But I think JTA is one in that thing. He definitely could. Let's get out to the phone line. San Francisco is the location. What's up, Gabriel? How are you today, man? How's it going? I've been celebrating this win. I would just remember the dog days, uh, rooting for Eric Paschal. I was at this, I think I was at his best game when he scored 34 points against the Portland Trailblazers. We beat them that night. Steph was already hurt, and uh, we were chanting MVP for Eric Paschal. <laughs> kind of sad that he's not on the team anymore. But man, that was a good memory from those dog days. 
Uh, but so sweet to see them come back and everyone healthy and win. And just seeing Steph Curry cry those tears of joy, man, that that warmed my heart. So, uh, hey, Gabriel, um, before you leave, when's the last time you danced, actually got up, whether it was a wedding or whether it was a club, or do you dance at all? When was the last time you actually just busted a move? Oh, I was dancing two nights ago. I actually just came back from a wedding in Kenya. My One of my good no way. friends out there. Yeah. So I was watching the Warriors games at like four in the morning <laughs> on my phone in a hotel room. Um, and uh, I was ready to buy tickets for game seven, but I'm glad they, they closed it out. So, Wow. Yeah, I'm glad I asked. Pretty, you, uh, you watched the Warriors out in Kenya. That is amazing. So do you mind if I ask in Kenya – Traditionally, in terms of the celebration, the music was what was it? A, was it music that was exclusive to maybe music I'm not familiar with, or what is it that you were dancing to? Well, my friend is Indian, so there's actually a good number of Indians out there. Um, so we're dancing to Indian music, Indian pop music. They do a lot of uh, remixes of popular songs. So we were doing Indian dances. Um, it was a great time. Well, Gabriel, I can't see it, but just do me a favor. Go ahead, Cam. Crank it for Gabriel. Dance, my man. Dance. Your Warriors are champs. You saw it out there in Kenya, and I hope you're moving as we talk. Thank you, Gabriel. Yeah. Woo! Okay, you can kill Gabriel. (laughs) Cam's having a hard time cranking cool in the gang and then potting down the collars. My man, Cam. All right, let's get out to Mark's hanging out in San Francisco. And Mark wants to join the conversation. What's up, Mark? Mark, you will be dancing. Sorry, my man. What do you got? Oh, well, I wanted to bring a couple of things that you guys could chew on. One is, do you think uh, Andre Iguodala will be on the coaching staff next year and as a coach? Um, and also, I think this was the best general managing job done since Dick Vertlib in 74-75 to take a team from the year before the records that they had and then take them all the way to the championship. The front office had a lot to do with it. Yeah, you're going back to the days, of course, when Rick Barry and company won their first championship and and shutting out essentially the then Washington Bullets. Uh, your your first question. What was the first question he had? He was talking about. I think, uh, I'm Andre Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah coach, Mark. Uh, Mark, on the Warrior staff. No, and simply because he's opening a venture capital company. I know because I've had some personal dealings with this company, and, I, and it's going to be – he's going to attack the world from a finance – I mean, he's going to be LeBron James-esque in terms of non-basketball and his sort of – his footprint going forward. He's about you know entrepreneurialism. He's about VCs. And think about it. If you're going to be a head coach – you're putting in, you know, 16-hour days, and that's just not where Iguodala is living these days. No, I think he will be. I could see him being around, right? Consulting, like, consulting personnel, something like that. But, and and it's a great question because of you know seeing him talking to Andrew Wiggins, you know that that meme where he's saying, "Come over here, come over here." And the same way, you know, I've we've also heard that he's been mentoring Jordan Poole a lot. But, yeah, I think you're right. He likes his NFTs and crypto, and he's got a lot going on. Shout out Nico Mannion. How did we, Nico Mannion wasn't on that route, so he got he drafted the that. next well, year. He's still, he's still around, technically. Nico Mannion is – He's in Italy, isn't he? Yeah, but the Warriors still have his, his, his oh, rights, that's right. I believe. Now, what if he's on one of the – what if he's at the parade? Are you going to have an issue with that? Yeah, I would. I would. Why would you have an issue with anybody who just wants to rejoice? Hey, Nico. Alan, Alan, you can have an issue with – Justin and Jessup, too, when they drafted Yes, him? I would. I would. Come on now. 
Come on. Hey, Brian, who's the one guy, who's the most random, if we were to sort of, if the, if the Warriors were to get overly sort of extending a hand to a player that doesn't belong, who, who's the reach out? Who would it be to saying, you know, you did enough for the organization. Come on down and okay, enjoy Okay, sorry, some. sorry. I got breaking news because this has been happening. This has been going on all night or all day. Everybody's been asking us, us about the speeches, about the speeches. Apparently, so I, you know I just hopped on Twitter, Dan. And apparently people are in an uproar. And text line, holler at me if you've heard differently. No post-parade rally. So there isn't a need to crowd That's into why we're Civic not Center it. Yeah. Ah. And people are not happy. But I'm just I'm I'm scrolling through trying to figure this thing out. But that's what um yeah, everybody's asking. So I think if everybody's asking, they wouldn't hide that, right? They wouldn't make it hard to figure out where the speeches are gonna be. Well, it was sort of odd that they had all the details except that. Right, they were telling right. you what time it was right. going off, where it was going, how long it was gonna be, and then they said it's gonna end at two, but they didn't say that's everything, man. So you're not going to – Steph is not going to – Coach Kerr is not going to get on the mic and address the millions of fans that are just – I'm assuming this is a COVID-related sort of precaution? I have absolutely no clue. No it would clue. have to be. Which mm-hmm. I understand. I mean, I'm sort of torn because I get it. But, wow. Yeah, so no rally. According to – Alan, where are you getting this from? I'm just I literally I literally searched Warriors parade speeches. Now look what you have going. Look what you have going. 510 <laughs> Brad Wanamaker. Come, come on down Brad. <laughs> Brad, come on down. Where are you, Brad? I got a beer bong for you too. I, oh wow. Brad Wanamaker. Boogie, you're invited, man. Come on. Everybody. Did Boogie get one with the Lakers technically? Wasn't he on the Bubble Lakers? I don't know. I think he did. Let's go Dale Wanamaker Creek. What's up, Dale? Welcome aboard, buddy. Everybody, did Boogie get one with the Lakers, technically? Got to turn that down, Dale. Got to turn it down. Go, Dale. Yeah, we lost a man alive. Dale's already like, he's eight deep. He's had a couple of, he's, he's, he's pre-funking. Yeah. Brad Wanamaker. Brad, poor Brad had a tough outing with the Warriors last year. How about, um... Who's somebody that was sort of remote that was on this team for – I know there's somebody we're missing this year. Don't worry. How about Avery Bradley? Should we, like, say, come on down, Avery? Why Avery. not? Avery, no. Kelly Oubre. <laughs> Kelly Oubre. You want him to get a ring too? No. I'll draw the line with Kelly. <laughs> Kent Bazemore. Oh, can we do a little bit on Kent Bazemore? Leaves the Warriors for a bigger role – Proceeds to not get and and less money. Remember, the Warriors offer more money than the Lakers. Yeah. Leaves the Warriors for a bigger role. Proceeds to ride pine and proceeds to not make playoffs. And watches the Warriors win the whole thing. He's got to be sick. He's got to be sick to his stomach. <laughs> Lonzo Ball. What is that? Just a random Lonzo Ball? <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason with the Golden State Warriors. You just you just wanted to hear me say Lonzo Ball. There you go. Well, my man, we are uh, back at it. I know we, we we might have another call here, but we are wrapping up the show. And, of course, uh, don't forget to join me and Coase tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. The celebration will continue then, and then you'll be on afterwards with Kyle, I believe. Kyle Madsen, we yes, got sir. You. We're going to lead it up. Uh, we'll set the table for you. You'll be in the dunker spot. We'll lob it up to you. 
and uh, you can do your thing. Well, really quick. Oh, my God, Dale, another shot. All right, Dale, you got that radio turned down, my man. Here we go. Dale's in Walnut Creek. Hello. How are you, Dale? I am great. I am great. Uh, like all Warriors fans are, uh, this is great. We're going to be better next year, although the West is going to be tougher. But we're going to be better. But I, I want to get you guys' take on this. Uh, the Celtics did something that we never saw before. They shut down Kevin Durant. Uh, unthinkable. Then they had this grueling seven-game series against Giannis. And then they had a, another tough seven-game series against a gutsy Miami team. I mean, really tough. And, uh, and hats off to Miami. But do you think that they just ran out of gas? Because after game three, they just seemed like they were gassed. And, and they just couldn't keep up with us. So I'm just interested in your take on that. Thanks for taking my call. I think there's some credibility to that. I think that the Boston team you saw for the three, first three, maybe four games of the series was not the same Boston team in the latter part of the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's attributed to the Warriors just figuring them out, there's a lot of things that can work into that. But I think one of which could be plausible that – that was a team that got stretched to back-to-back seven games against two good opponents, and maybe they just had nothing left in the tank. And they were playing – yeah, and and obviously the Warriors are the older team, but the Warriors were playing eight with all solid minutes. The Celtics were playing seven, and out of those two that were coming off the bench, they weren't even eclipsing 20 minutes. It was a lot of hard minutes out of those, those Celtics starters, and it eventually caught up to them. But at the end of the day, who gives a rip? Because the Golden State Warriors are the last man standing. As the Golden State Warriors are able to take care, of course, of the Boston Celtics, and they do it. In, oh, we got to get out. Am I out? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Turn that up, Cam. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Alan Styles and my man Brian and Cam. This is Dan Abone. Until tomorrow. Good night, everybody. And-